church and of the worship of our Lord Jesus the Christ. For those who are able, I ask that you please stand as we read from this morning's text. The text can be found on the walls to the side of me or via your iPhone or your iPad or whatever device that tries to compare to Apple. We know that this is not happening, right? <laughs> Matthew, the 28th chapter, starting at the 19th verse, reads like this from the New King James Version. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. For the few moments we shared this morning, I'd like to share on the topic, uh, which is our theme for today, Get Engaged. Get engaged. Please be seated in the presence of our Lord. So what comes to mind when we hear the word engage? Matter of fact, look at your neighbor and say engage. Don't look at your other neighbor and say engage. Don't look at me, look at your other neighbor and say engage. This word engage can mean very different things to many different people depending on their context. A defensive end football player may hear a coach yell, engage the blocker or set the edge. A fitness trainer or athletic coach uh, may encourage their client to engage their core. When you're on the job and have a group project, you may be asked to engage in critical thinking. Uh, when you're on the military, when you go shoot at the qualification range, you'll hear them say, engage your target. And maybe the most familiar form of engagement that we recognize today is to be engaged to become married. Uh -huh. While each of the aforementioned engagements are utilized in different situations, there is one thing that each of them has in common. Right. That is to commit yourself to the pursuing and to the completion of what it is you have become engaged with. Yes, the defensive player engages the blocker so as to complete the task of preventing the ball carrier from getting to the outside of the defense. Right. This allows the other defensive players to tackle the ball carrier easier. The athletic trainer asks the client to engage their core during exercises because the core provides strength and stability to the rest of the body to complete strenuous exercises. Engaging in critical thinking on your job with a group of people allows for the potential exchange of fresh and new ideas to accomplish the task at hand. And when you're qualifying on your weapon in the military, range control will ask you to engage your target for the purposes of qualifying and staying on your lane to prove your efficiency on your assigned weapon. Yeah. Now, while some might think differently, when one becomes engaged to be married, the expectation and the hope is that marriage is soon to follow. Yes, Lord. And the theme of engagement is where we find this text of our morning scripture. It is in this last chapter of the book of Matthew that we have a monumental event that has taken place. The first few verses detail that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were on their way to see the tomb where Jesus was laid to rest. An angel of the Lord rolled back the stone and uh, that was blocking the entrance to Jesus' tomb and announced to the women that Jesus, who they saw crucified, who they believed was in the tomb, was indeed risen. The tomb no longer represented the dwelling place of the risen Christ. Matthew's account of the risen Savior is a perfect reminder for us today that while you may physically see with your own eyes death and destruction in our world, and you may expect to see the grim outcome in our world, we have a Savior who is already risen and is victorious over the thing that you think has killed your hope. So let us not passively approach our God thinking that life will get the best of us during tumultuous times. 
Let us approach God instead with thanksgiving and praise in our hearts, knowing that we have a victorious Savior who has already conquered that Amen. thing that we believe is dead. Amen. Continuing to follow along with Matthew's account, as the two Marys make their way to tell the disciples about the resurrected Christ, Jesus himself appears to them and gives them specific instructions to give to these disciples. Mm -hmm. These instructions included meeting Jesus in Galilee on a mountain in which Jesus had appointed. Yes, it is on this mountain in Galilee, in verse 19, where we find Jesus entering into an engagement with the disciples. Yeah. As we glance at verse 19, you may say to yourself that I don't even see the word engagement anywhere in this text. Mm -hmm. So how does this point to an engagement? Well, I'm glad that you're critically engaging with the text and <laughs> asking these questions. Yes. Verse 19 points to a few words that allows us to look at the encounter with Jesus and the disciples as an act of an engagement. The first word we see in verse 19 is the word go. Mm -hmm. yeah. Go can be seen as a small thread that weaves itself throughout the entire chapter of Matthew 28. Mm -hmm. We find in the New King James Version, the word go used three separate times in this chapter. Mm -hmm. Before one goes on to become engaged, there must be an element of trust established to give confidence and assurance that when we're asked to go, we know that the engagement period will be completed fully. Earlier on in verse 7, the angel of the Lord told the Marys to go announce the risen Savior. Uh -huh. Later in verse 10, Jesus tells the two Marys to go and tell his disciples where they will see him. The willingness of the two Marys to become engaged in spreading this gospel of the good news of the risen Savior was through their confidence of seeing what God had already shown them. They first ventured to the tomb expecting to see an occupied tomb. The angel of the Lord says, hey, this Jesus, he's not here. If you don't believe me, this is where his body was. Yeah. Now trusting because they were a witness to the empty tomb, they had no problem engaging with the command of go. Uh -huh. Later, the man they expected to see in the tomb is now presenting himself and is living and breathing. Uh -huh. Visually seeing the risen Savior and fully believing, the two Marys without hesitation follow the instructions of Jesus to go tell his disciples where to meet. Uh -huh. This narrative should provide for us an example that while we are striving to serve and to grow our church, we must be willing to enter into engagement with those seeking our doors and not by forceful and judgmental rhetoric. Yeah. We enter into engagement with those seeking the light and the life of Christ by our willingness to show the presence of Christ with our actions. Yeah. We are so quick to use the church as God's personal judge and jury to those outside the church Yet we here in the church are so confused and get in our feels when we see the hashtag church hurt and wonder why people will not become engaged with Christ and the church. Mm -hmm. Just as Jesus was in empty in the tomb and Jesus revealed himself to Mary, so must we as Christians pursue with diligence the ministry of presence, bringing hope to those who appear hopeless and bringing light to those who are in the midst of darkness and sharing the light and life of a risen Savior. Amen. Now, some may suggest that once you've been committed and engaged to going forth, there will be smooth sailings into the conclusion of the engagement. Yet our scriptures suggest that when one commits to going into an engagement, uh, that there will be a test of your authenticity to truly commit to said engagement. Uh -huh. yeah. Here in Matthew, we see uh, soldiers being bribed by the chief priests and the elders to spread lies to the community that Jesus had not been resurrected yeah. and that his body was stolen in the middle of the night while the soldiers slept. Yeah. Imagine with me for just a moment, if you will. Put yourself in the shoes of one of the Marys. It is you who witnessed the empty tomb. It is you that heard the voice of the angel saying that the Savior is risen is not in the tomb. Now it is you who has witnessed the resurrected Christ. 
And now it is you and only you and your only Mary who has the whole town believing that Jesus' body was stolen. But you have to spread the gospel of a risen Savior while the rest of the town doubts us. How many of us would stay engaged and committed to that mission? How many of us would stay engaged when literally the whole town is looking at us all crazy? Mm. This is part of the incredible lesson that we find here as we begin to enter into an engagement with Christ. Uh -huh. You see, when you make the commitment of engagement, know that surely there will be some commentary that will test your willingness and commitment to what you say you are engaged to. Mm. How many of us get like Peter and start denying our commitment yeah. during our convenience? Our scripture shows us that a true engagement and a true commitment to go pushes through the lies that try to cover up a risen Christ. Uh -huh. The next word, the next word we find in our scripture that details an engagement is the word disciple. Look at your neighbor and say disciple. 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 Verse 19 shows us that Jesus gives what appears to be a command to his disciples about making disciples of all nations. So what does this mean in our context of engagement, however? Okay. So traditionally, many European and American theologians in the 19th century, and if we're honest, even today, would use this text as Matthew as their justification to conquer and to rule lands and people. This evil and flawed moral ideology of manifest destiny became prevalent in thought and in action as it began to entrench its diabolical roots in all fabrics of the 19th century American way of life, including the theology. Hmm. Manifest destiny had three purposes to impose the special virtues of the American people and their institutions, to establish the mission of the United States and to redeem and remake the West in the image of an agrarian America, and believe that it is the Americans' irresistible destiny to accomplish this essential duty. Mm. Historian Frederick Merck says that this concept was born out of a sense of mission to redeem the old world by high example, that generated by the potentialities of a new earth for building a new heaven. Many evangelicals and missionaries during the 19th century and even today will model this approach of ministry here in America and abroad with the manifest destiny mindset of making disciples. Right. This small portion of scripture that is widely accepted as the Great Commission has caused great calamity throughout mm. our world. Mm. The misuse of Matthew 28, 19 has seen more egregious errors than enthusiastic engagement. Mm. So how do we get to this place? It starts with understanding the original context of the word disciple. All right. The original Koine Greek word for disciple used in this context is called mathetes. Mathetes. This means one who engages in learning through instruction from one another. This definition includes that understanding that discipleship is gained through inquiry and observation. To be a disciple literally means to be engaged in shared learning with your community. I fear that time and racial supremacist doctrines have changed the definition of making disciples into making converts by force. Jesus is telling the disciples to not make converts of all nations, but to make learners of all nations by them observing and inquiring of you. In other words, Jesus is telling his disciples, you need to walk it like you're talking. So all nations can trust that your actions and your heart follow the light and the love of Christ. Okay, let me break it down like this. Many uh, parents and teachers get annoyed when their children and students ask why after a set of instructions have been given to them. Now, it is true, some kids are just using this as a stalling technique. And yes, even to get under your skin. I was one of them. Yeah, there are many times when a child will ask why of you so you can give an account of the logic behind your request. 
You will not be able to convince that child or that student without having them believe that what you're asking of them does not propel them into a relationship with you for the good things that comes along with being in discipleship with you. The more times your response to that child or student sounds like because I said so, the more quickly you will find out that the ability of joy of learning soon begins to fade. Many parents and teachers will share that some of their greatest moments happen when they learn from those who are younger than them. Creating a true discipleship environment fosters the space of mutual learning from one another. Jesus' use of making disciples in this context tells us that Jesus is wanting his disciples to engage in relationship with various communities so that the disciples may come in contact with and become in community with them. He understood that if disciples traveled through the nations with a conquering or a manifest destiny mindset of spreading the good news, the true heart of the gospel would never be received. Are we willing and are we comfortable to learn from the communities that are different than our own? Or are we quick to dismiss those people who, who may not share our theological beliefs or who may not share our political beliefs or who may not share our skin color or whatever you can name that prevents us from being in community from one another? How many of us have a Fox News discipleship attitude? Or how many of us have a Make America Great Again discipleship attitude? You'll catch that on the way home. Amen, Mike. I see It is important to, to note that making disciples um, must not be superficial. We don't have to put on a show for Christ to make disciples for Christ. We don't have to conquer for Christ to make disciples for Christ. All we have to do is live in Christ and watch the Jesus yes. that lives in you and I love Jesus and to those around the world. So finally, the third and final word that we that we look at in this text is the word baptize. Baptize. Look at your neighbor and say baptize. Yes. Uh, this word baptize here is fascinating because it concludes uh, the engagement from Christ into the marriage with Christ and the fulfillment of the engagement period. Uh -huh. Similar to discipleship, the word baptize in our churches has sadly uh, been mistaken uh, as a symbol as only meaning dipped in the water. Uh -huh. To be baptized means so much more than being dipped. Webster's Dictionary illustrates being baptized used in three main areas. Those areas include being baptized into a church, being baptized to purify or cleanse oneself spiritually, or being baptized into a given name. Uh -huh. The fascinating thing about uh, this word baptize that we have in our text today is that it uses all the above definitions and then takes it a step further to defining what it means to be baptized. Mm -hmm. let, me, let me break this down a little bit more. A Greek physician and poet by the name of Nicander, who lived around 200 BC, had a recipe for making pickles. He had a recipe for making pickles. In this recipe, he says that the cucumber should first be dipped in boiling water and then baptized in vinegar. Oh. It's important to note that while both actions involve the act of immersing the vegetable in water, only one of these actions concludes with a permanent physical change of the vegetable. Mm. Okay. There was a poet and there was a, a, a physician named Lycander who, who had a recipe for making pickles. Okay, he said that, that, that you dip the cucumber in the wa boiling water, baptize, uh -huh. and then you would dip it and baptize in the vi vinegar. That's Only right. one of these actions concluded in a permanent change yeah. of the vegetable. I'm going to take your word here. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. It's important to note that while both of these actions involve the act of immersing the vegetable water, only one of these actions conclude with a permanent and physical change 
of the vegetable. Listen, the baptize that we find in our text in Matthew is not only the dipping or the immersing of someone in water. Mm. The baptize that Jesus is speaking here to the disciples is about the physical and the spiritual change of one into the relationship with the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The physical and spiritual change is the culmination of our engagement to Christ and to the marriage with Christ. So when somebody asks, what does it mean for you to be engaged? You got to tell them you got to be dipped. Yeah. You gotta be dipped in that fountain you see filled with blood mm. from drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Yeah. Yeah. And sinners who are plunged beneath the blood lose our guilty stain. Yes, you gotta be dipped in the blood of the Lamb so you can come out singing, There is power, power, wondrous working power yeah. in the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. There is power, power, wondrous working power in the blood of the precious Lamb. Yes. I'm going to my yes. seat, Pastor, but when, when you become engaged and baptized in Christ, you come through dripping. Yeah. Okay? Y'all, y'all know when you come through dripping. If people say that the ice on your wrist stay dripping, or do people see the Christ in your life stay living? Yeah, drip, yeah. Drip. Mm-hmm. We got the diamonds and ice and rocks dripping from our next wrist and fingers talking about drip, drip. But I want that drip, drip from Christ, the solid rock I stand on. ground is sinking sand. I want that drip, drip from Jesus, who is my rock, my sword, and my shield. And he's my will in the middle of the will. He guides my footsteps and he hides my tears. Jesus is my rock, my rock and sword. And my shield. He's the rock of ages. For me, let me hide myself in me. Not the rock of the rock, not the way the rock does, not JC the rock or rock nation. I'm talking about the rock of Jesus. Jesus, the rock of my salvation. That rock that is the chief cornerstone. Jesus, the Christ, that drip drip. So listen, church, listen. So today, let us not only become engaged with Christ. Let us come married with Christ. Yes. And let us commit ourselves to worshiping and serving God daily, who is the rock and the strength of our salvation. Yes. So what does it look like when you come up? When you come through dripping, what do people see? Do they see the ice or do they see Christ in your life? Get engaged, church. Perfect.